the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Buckets of money, so to speak, getting into retirement, whatever phrase you want to use that pays, that makes sense to you. One of the things that I like to do is on occasion not look at the day-to-day operations of Wall Street or of business headlines. I just want to do a good strategery show. That's a throwback to President George Bush, who butchered more words than he should have, but in hindsight, we remember him fondly, I think. Although I don't know if I'm speaking for everyone there. So one of the things I like to talk about is Warren Buffett. And I I don't think a lot of people really give him the proper due. One thing that he is that you are not is he is probably super old compared to you. One thing that he is that you are not, he's also probably super rich compared to you. Warren Buffett's net worth is roughly 7 million times that of the average millennial. So millennials, I'm speaking to you. In particular, you're younger than Warren Buffett. You with me on that? Compounding may be the single most powerful thing that you have to catch Warren Buffett and to build your wealth. I don't really want you to catch him. If you do, good for you. Warren Buffett's net worth is 7 million times. But if you double your money in the final seven years of your life, maybe it'll only be three and a half million or 1.8 million times. You can kind of see where time is money. When you invest, the longer you have money invested, the more your investments can cash in on a very simple concept of compounded growth. Your 50s and 60s, somethings, the people that you know in your life, maybe they're your parents, maybe they're your grandparents if they started young. Maybe, I don't know, they're your brother and sister if you started late. When you're 50 and 60, you don't have as much investing runway left. But when you're a millennial in your 20s and early 30s, you got a lot of time to double your money two more times, maybe three more times than someone who's, say, 40 or 50 or 60. To really put your head around the idea of compound growth, you need to see the numbers. Let's say you have 1,000 buckaroos, 1,000 smackers, $1,000 bills to invest, and it earns 6%, which is below the stock market average. If you think that gets you to 1120 after two years, you're shortchanging yourself. You earn 6% on your bigger balance of 1060 in year two after you earn 60 in year one. 
And that means year two, you're worth $1,123.60. So what that is implying is your first set of growth generated a little baby. Your $1,000, 6% return pulled in 60 bucks. Now in year two, your 1,000 is going to pull in another 6%, but your 60 is going to pull in 6%. And that's where it gets magical. The extra $3.60 does not seem like a game changer to you and me, but when you keep it for decades, compound growth keeps being added to your investment base, and you are golden. In fact, in just 11 years, your annual earnings are bigger than your original investment. So your $1,000 is now kicked out over $1,000 in earnings after 10 years, after 11 years, I'm sorry. So let me show you the power of the snowball compounding effect. I'm not talking big dollars that should freak anyone out. I'm talking to you, millennials. This is easy to do. No, it's not easy to do. Sock away $5,000, not spend it every year. But $5,000 at a 6% annual growth rate, if you start at age 25, I'm looking at you, millennials. $5,000 a year. What's that come out to? I don't know. A little less than 500 a month, right? If you start at age 25, you'll have $1.1 million by age 70. Just $5,000 a month, a year. $500 a month, $480 a month. By, if you start at age 35 and you say $5,000 a year and you get 6%, you'll only have $591,000 by age 70. So that 10 years difference is $600,000. It's the difference between 590,000 and 1.1 million. If you wait till age 45 and you sock away $5,000 a year, your money will grow at a 6% annualized growth rate, but you start it to 45 by age 70, you're only gonna have 291,000, which trust me, that's a, a sizable chunk of change. Especially if you work all the way up until 70, hopefully, fingers crossed, you can live off that plus Social Security. Probably not. 291000 is not enough. But maybe you could pull something off by keeping a part-time job, moving to a cheaper cost state, maybe moving out of country. Sacrifices. So you can make things easier for yourself if you can get started early. Millennials, I'm looking at you. $5,000, and if you're a dad or a mom and you want to take care of your kids for life, you start early and you, you sock it away for them. Sock it away, sock it away, sock it away, sock it away. Sock. Okay, I would never have been good on Motown, right? Fair to say. But you're raising kids. You've got a spouse. You want to go on vacation. $5,000 a year seems like a lot. That's why you start with a budget. A very good place to start. When you read, you begin with ABC. When you invest to be a millionaire, you start with a budget. Good website, mint.com is fine for a budget. LearnVest. If you go online and search for best online budget apps 2020, best budget online apps 2021, whatever you want to do. Very, very, very smart. If you start saving at 35, you're going to need to save $9,500 a year to reach age 70 with about $1.1 If you start saving at age 45, you're going to need about $19,350 a year to reach age 70 with $1.1 So my big example was start at age 25, do $5,000 a year, because if you wait till 35, 
that 5,000 is going to be almost double to 9,500. And if you wait till 45, that 5,000 is going to double, it's going to triple almost to 19,300. It's heavy lifting made easy if you start early. Start at age 25 and you'll invest $225,000 of your own money over 45 year stretch to age 70. Start at age 35 to become a millionaire, you have to invest 332,000 of your own money. Wait until you're 45, now that you only have 25 years left on the clock, tick, 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 tick. And to become a millionaire with the power of compounding and doubling, you gotta invest up to 483,000 of your own dollars. Now I know this all sounds crazy, but it's the number one tenant, number one rule of investing. Time is on your side. When you're young and beautiful, Warren Buffett doesn't have it anymore. His clock is ticking. Now he's got sizable assets and he's gonna pass those on to generations and generations and generations, or he's gonna give it away. But hopefully when he gives it away to charity and Bill Gates, it hopefully gets some compound interest. Because that compound interest, money makes little baby monies and little baby monies make little baby monies and little babies make little baby money and little baby money makes more baby money and little baby money makes more baby money. Time is on your side. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So first segment, I talked a lot about the concept of time is on your side. It's one of those E two E is equal to MC squared. It's one of those formulas that is super powerful. Time is on your side. Uh, I can't CFP Chad Burton. People like that can't help you. Financial planners can't help you if you didn't grow some assets in your lifetime. Social security is not going to be enough. And you know what? I'm not ignorant. I know I'm not talking to every single person out there. If you're working retail at Banana Republic, you're probably going, Rob, retirement's out of my reach. If you're 20-something or 30-something, go back to school. You still have time on your side to increase your earnings. A lot of people don't realize this, that a lot of what you have going for you, keep in mind, you only work from age 20 to 60. That's 40 years of work. We were taught and brought up to think, oh, if you put in 30 years, you can retire. But if you work at age 20, who wants to retire at 50? You don't get health care insurance. So you got to think carefully if you really want to retire at 50. I see people retire at 50, and then they're bored, and then they can't get back into the workforce. There's a little bit of age discrimination in our society, especially later in life. So let's talk to the 20-somethings again. Time is on your side, right? Best time to start investing is now. You can start super, super simple with Acorns. Congratulations, you've bought into capitalism. Acorns is an app. You can download it on your iPhone or your Google phone. And at that point in time, you can easily set it up so you're investing 10 bucks a month out of your checking account, 10 bucks a week out of your checking account, plus it'll take any transaction that you make. Let's say this weekend you go and buy Popeye's fried chicken because who doesn't like chicken coated in egg and batter, and dropped into jacuzzi of grease. Me, 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 me. I love it. But while I'm doing it, I feel kind of guilty. But 
if I use my credit card or my debit card, and I don't use debit cards, but if I use my credit card or my debit card, which is hypothetical, if say said chicken was five fifty, I can round that fifty cents up to six bucks automatically with credit karma, not credit karma, acorns, automatically round it up and and invest fifty cents just for going and eating greasy fried chicken. It adds up. If you remember in the first segment, I talked about how a thousand dollars at six percent kicks off, you know, just a teeny tiny little nugget, but that teeny tiny little nugget kicks off a teenier, tinier little nugget. And that teenier, tinier kicks off a little teenier, tinier little nugget over your lifetime that starts to add up. So in your 20s, the best time to start is now. And it could be something stupid like acorns. Now it could also be your first job. HR is hiring you. You got to go to HR. Hello, HR. And you're like, don't say anything stupid. Like, hey, I'm an ass job. I got fired for sexual harassment. Say, hey, HR, I've heard something magical that this company offers a 401k or 403b. Tell me about it. And then you could start saving $100 a paycheck, 200 The beauty of Acorns and 401ks or 403bs, they're very similar. The beauty of them is they're automatic. They're, they, you do it every two weeks. You do it every month. You do it on a regular basis. You go on with your life. I did it when I was 18. Did I want to? Hell no. When I was 18 years old, I wanted to drink beer and get drunk with my friends, get a good education, and probably fall in love. Last thing I was thinking about was, let's put $166 into a Robertson Stevens Tech Mutual Fund. But I did. Years and years later, that $2,000 that I put in every year, for five years turned into 10, 10 turned into 20, 20 turned into 40, 40 turned into 80 because it was in tech stocks. It turned into over a hundred thousand dollars. I'm stoked because when I was 18, yes, I had to make a sacrifice. No, I wasn't drinking premium beer like Heineken's. I was drinking crap, garbage, national bohemian. And what I would do if I could was I'd go to your house and drink your expensive beer and I'd invite you over and you could drink my cheap beer. And you know, I don't think people caught on to me, but I was mathematically making choices so that I could invest. Best time to start investing is right now, especially in your 20s and early in your career. But that's going to require you to stretch a small paycheck across rent, groceries, clothes, uh, flying, priorities, vacations, you know, the good things in life. You're going to be responsible for paying for your own retirement is my opinion on anyone who's under the age of 60. There's very few pensions out there anymore. Now everything's on the employee with 401ks, 403bs, and with accounts like Acorns. The good news is in your 20s, you got time on your side versus we oldsters. Consider the numbers again. If you invested $3,000 a year beginning today in your 20s and your funds get 6%, that's going to be that $3,000 is going to wound up at nearly $45,000 in 10 years and nearly $120,000 in 20 years. After 40 years, you'd have nearly $500,000, $3,000 a year. It's not that crazy. Now I've cut it from $10,000 a year all the way to $3,000. And my example was $2,000, but it, it's like a monthly target of somewhere between $100, $200, $300. And again, that could be a dinner out. That could be uh, a movie in versus a movie out. Trust me, in your 20s, uh, one of my old girlfriends, when we broke up, it was heartbreaking because I was so in love, but I was working so hard. 
and I wanted to show her that I was going to have this great career. And when we broke up, she said something beautiful to me. She goes, all I wanted to do was sit on the couch, eat corn chips, and draw each other. Because she goes, you got caught up in taking me to New York. You got caught up in your career. You got caught up in all that. She was very, very simple. It's really funny because at one point in time, we're on a date and things were in happier times. And I said, all I want to do is eat corn chips, sit on this couch, and draw you. And that was a great Friday night. It was cheap. But yet I pursued money leads to love and I was wrong and ultimately she moved on and I'm happy for her because she figured out what was important to her way before I did. So in your 20s, start a 401k or a 403b if your job offers it, just do 3% of your salary. I do 15% and because I'm over 50, I do an extra catch up. So I can do like $25,000 a year, which again, Later in life is almost nothing. Earlier in life, that's powerful. But if you could do 3% of your salary, I'm proud of you. Next year, do 4%. Year after that, do 6%. When you get a bonus with your, your Acorns account, throw it in your Acorns retirement account. Throw it in your Acorns savings account. If you don't have a 401k option, go with a Roth IRA. Great option. You don't have to get this exactly right. Certified financial planners will say you have to get it exactly right. I'm going to say it's an art and you're allowed to make mistakes in your 20s. Where do you want to invest? You want to invest in a target date fund, your very first fund. And that means if you're 20 years old, you're going to retire in 40 years. You're going to look at the calendar and you're going to say, I'm going to retire roughly in 2060. So use the year 60 as your retirement age. So if you're 20, 20 plus 40 is 60. So you, you look for a fund that is going to have that time frame along with you. Use ETFs. Don't use actively managed funds. Try to keep your costs down. That's important because every penny counts when you're younger. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I'm talking to the millennials a lot this hour. I'm Rob Black. I've been in this industry since I was essentially a millennial. In my case, I was a Generation Xer. And I've grown to the point where I'm now checking boxes that I don't want to check. I'm telling doctors things like, yeah, it's a little tougher to get it out of bed. <laughs> yeah, I wake up two or three times a night to urinate. Getting old stinks. But the beauty of getting old is you become wiser. And I, t I will tell you this. My dating life and my business life would have been completely different if when I was young, I knew then what I know now. There's someone out there who is the best investor of all time. And I'm not talking Jeff Bezos. He, walked, he didn't walk into that. He created that. I'm not talking Bill Gates. He didn't create, he created that. He didn't walk into it. Like he didn't like become an investor. He, he made a company. Most of the wealthiest people in the world started companies. Now here's where you have to be careful. In radio and TV, you're going to hear commercials like, do you know what the rich do? Here's what the rich do. And it, it's typically stuff like buying real estate. And if you take a look at the top 50 richest people in America, none of them are realtors. None of them are home flippers. 0.0. Some of them inherited wealth, and some of them created companies. 
very few are do-it-yourself, get-rich schemes that you hear on radio or television. I'm not telling you don't listen to them because I think there's learning lessons in everything. But the person you want to look at is Berkshire Hathaway's one and only the man, Warren Buffett. When I was younger, when I was 20-something, I hated him. He wasn't good at tech stocks. He missed all of the 90s tech investing. And he said, I just don't understand it. I, like, I can't put hard-earned money into something I don't understand. Now, a couple years later, he's buying things like Apple because he sees it as a utility, a phone, versus an expensive phone that can do IP connection and augmented reality. And he probably doesn't care about any of that. Okay, let's talk Warren Buffett. The beauty of age. Warren Buffett spends a few hours with small groups of business school students every year to share his wisdom. I don't have the kind of money to buy a charity auction lunch with him because I value money. And I'm like, if I had an hour or two hours with him, I'd probably drool. And if I spent a million dollars or 200,000 or whatever, I need to pony up to get lunch with them. I'd probably drool the whole time. And that's not going to be a good return on investment. Here's some of his best advice on getting hired. Corporations look for intelligence, integrity, and energy. One thing his managers don't pay much attention to, IQ. They'd rather get someone with a real passion for the business who's semi-intelligent versus someone who is a 4.2 math major. He's looking for passion over the smartest guy in the room. And I can tell you, I'm not the best financial analyst. I'm not the best tech analyst. I can tell you my passion for tech and analyzing companies is second to none. And I do this day in and day out to the detriment of my love life, to the detriment of my uh, personal life. I have no friends, none, zero. Like I have some acquaintances, but I have no one I would go to if I got cancer. I got cancer. I'm going to die. I don't want to die. I have no one because I've dedicated my passion to investing and monies and getting people to retirement. Okay. So Warren Buffett said on sticking to what you know, you don't have to be adept at everything. I agree with that. Um, I've got a guy who used to work in radio with me who he's really good at video games. And then he hears me and he's like, well, I'm going to try investing. If Rob Black could do it, I could do it. And what does he invest in? Everything but video games. He invests in like Hertz rental cars. And I'm like, do you understand how much debt they have and debt service and, you know, the rise of uh, Ubers and, and Lyfts and what that's going to do to their business model? Because like as a business traveler, you know, yes, we used to be beholden to companies like Hertz and we'd get off our plane, we'd get our bag, we'd go into a bus, we'd be shuttled around. Now we're just like, order an Uber. He had no clue. But what's interesting is he probably understood video games better than I did because he was doing it as a 20-year-old and I'm doing it as a 50-year-old. But 30 years ago, I thumped everyone on Wall Street because I was doing it as a 20-year-old and I understood that one area well, tech. I understood networking, internets, extranets, interplanetary networks. When we sent a Mars rover, I'm like, dude, we're talking network to network on another planet. Stick to what you know. If you don't pretend to know more than you do, you can get ahead by playing to your strengths. 
There's a quarterback who's got a busted thumb. He can't throw it for over 15 yards. Do you think he's going to try to throw it for over 15 yards? No. He's going to dump it off here. He's going to scramble there. He's going to stick in his game plan because when you're a pro, you get eaten alive if you try to go areas where you can't go and, and, and perform. Warren Buffett once asked some Vanderbilt business students, how do you beat chess champion Bobby Fischer? The answer is play him anything but chess. Stick with what you know. On being lucky, Warren Buffett said he won the ovarian lottery when he was born. I love this because I say this all the time, but I didn't know he said it. He tells students that they did too. Imagine having the opportunity to choose at random amongst 7 billion people. That's equivalent to the world's population in theory. Before you're born, he suggests, half those balls will mean you get an above average intelligence and 5% will mean you get to live in the United States. He asked students, if after considering that, they'd be willing to put their lottery balls back and try for another. And he says, no one ever says yes. And I say, sometimes I feel like I hit the lottery because my parents were um, both expecting all their children to go to college. And they toured the world and we lived on the coast. We didn't live in Des Moines, Iowa or Shreveport, Louisiana. I didn't, I didn't have best friends for more than a year. I moved in 16 places before I was 18 years old. I went to 12 different elementary, 12 different schools from K through 12. That's crazy. I think it was actually 10. Um, but I was shuffling around. And the beauty of that is I feel lucky. I was born in the United States with parents that expected me to go to college. And we weren't grounded in the Midwest with expectations of playing football and marrying your high school sweetheart. On being unhappy, Warren Buffett's, and would you put your lottery eggs back in and maybe be born on like a really poor Asian country? Hell no, you wouldn't. On being unhappy, fixating on what you don't have is a recipe for disaster. If you're unhappy after winning the lottery of birth, that's on you. I kind of agree with him on that one. I'm kind of a miserable person because it's good for business. But in my heart of hearts, I know that I'm I'm pretty lucky. I've done well in life with, with family, with friends, with loved one, with businesses, with an audience. On getting married, Warren Buffett said, don't try to marry someone and change them. Instead, you want to find someone who agrees with you on the big things. And look for someone who's a better person than you are. I love that statement. Look for someone who's a better person than you are. Not for someone who's really hot, hot, hot in the bed. Nothing wrong with that, but don't marry it. Look for someone you're compatible with. Look for someone who gets the big things. If you want to marry a great person, imagine what that great person wants in a spouse. And that's the person you should try to be. And I agree with that. I, the advice I give people in their 20s is marry wisely. I didn't. I worked my butt off in my 20s and my 30s. So I was like, woohoo, I'm successful. And that's when a beautiful young woman met me. We fell in love and she can cook and she was great at everything. Except for she wasn't. Um, marriage lasted for under a year. It was humiliating. It was shaming. Because I lived in a world in my head of like, um, once and only marriage, once and only in under a year. If you think I'm good at stocks, I'm equally as good at messing things up in a relationship. 
And I've had a lot of practice. So trying to marry wisely. And if you find yourself like in a fight, she was one that there was one point in time I was taking her to the airport. And I was like, this is it. And I, I told her, I'm done with you. It's over. I don't want this anymore. Get on with your life. Congratulations. Like, and then a year later, I'm married to her. And less than a year of that marriage, uh, she's cheating on me. Pretty graphically, too. Um, it's not perfect. Life isn't perfect. There's no script. But try to marry wisely because it's expensive when you don't. On being a better person, Buffett's many students that he talks to, his groups that he, he gets in front of, he suggests that students make a list of the qualities they admire in people and then try to emulate those qualities. He once mentioned a friend who was a Holocaust survivor. He says, your goal should be to have 100 people who would risk their lives to hide you. What? Like, that is pretty darn noble. That, that's, I don't think that big picture, but I'm glad that Warren Buffett is there to teach me not only about money and how to invest. One of his best lines is, pretend you only have 20 investments in your lifetime. You have a punch card that, that's done at 20. You're going to make better decisions versus Robin Hood, I'm going to buy and sell by the end of lunch. By the time this wonton soup goes through my body, I'll have already made money and, and moved on to the next one. Buffett's the man, especially if you're a millennial in your 20s. Go Google Warren Buffett's 20 greatest quotes. You'll learn something and it'll become part of you because you'll emulate him. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. This segment brought to you by Invest in Your 20s. Live life in your 20s. Make some mistake in your 20s. Later in life, you're going to, I'm not going to say regret things that you didn't do in your 20s, because that's not, that sounds a little bit too ominous. But this is a good time. Um, one of the areas that I remember from my 20s, and I hope you do too, of course, in your teens, you probably went off to college maybe. But in my 20s, one of the things I, I clearly remember was that strong desire of moving out from mom and dad and eventually living with roommates. And that eventually led to living with a lady friend, a girlfriend. In your 20s, you spent a good portion of your life living at home. And maybe in your late teens, you went to college, maybe came back and stayed at home during the summers. Probably sometime around a year, right around when you graduate from college or decided I'm not going to go to college, you go, I'm going to get my own apartment. I did it. You did it. Typically, you live with roommates first. And then later in life, you fall in love on a date on a weekend. And that progresses to stage two. And you're like, let's get an apartment together. You're the coolest person on the planet. I can't imagine wanting to hang out with my male roommate ever again. I want to hang out with you, Juliet. Or I want to hang out with you, Judy. Like... I get it. Here's the thing that I wish I would have had at that stage in my life. Before you, I'm not going to say settle down, but before you play house with someone, you got to get to know them. 
here's what you do on one Friday night. You draw your debts. You get some crayons and you you draw your debts. How much student debt do you have? And you you put red in it on how much money your debt's going to be. And have you ever been bankrupt and things like that? And you share with your, your loved one your debts. You share with your loved one a question, and this is truth or dare. You can say truth and just play truth for a while. Are you behind on any payments? Have you ever missed a payment? Have you ever been turned down for credit? I have. If so, explain. Now, this is tough to do on a Friday night. I suggest doing it with no alcohol, with the promise of you're going to go to bed and give each other massages. Number three question. Have you ever had a credit card company contact you for a late payment? That's humiliating. I've done it. In college, I racked up too much college debt, and it got to the point when I started my business, I was funneling all my money into, into the business and not into my credit cards. And it got to the point where at one time a credit creditor called me and I said, oh, Rob Black, he's dead. I, was, I, I didn't have the money. I should have asked my mom and dad, and they probably would have bailed me out once. Be that parent for your kids once. Another thing I wish I would have asked Juliet, how much do you earn? Because we lived in this vague thing of we didn't really talk about it because it was shameful. We would talk about, you know, what's that flaky bump on your skin? <laughs> like, do you have the the hempies? I came up with the name hempies, patent pending, because I think herpes is sexist. It 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 turns a venereal disease into a female pronoun. Her? Uh-uh. Should be called hempies. So y- you talk about your income, but we would talk about venereal diseases long before we would talk about income. Question I wish people would ask me today. How long do you want to work, Rob? People in my life don't know that I want to retire and I want to quit. I want to settle down. I want to like, you know, make breakfast for my boys. That's certainly a goal. But if I don't tell people that, they're not asking that. Do you expect to work full time along with me? Or do you expect me to work full time and you just stay at home? That's a big one for young couples. So I knew a woman who lived in Fremont and she was totally engaged. And he would come home and watch the Kardashians. He had a good job, but he wasn't really motivated in life. And if he lost his job, he'd probably still be watching the Kardashians and and sponging off her. She had a great job. That one didn't work out. They didn't see eye to eye on work conditions. Next question you could ask is what percentage of your family's total household income do you expect to contribute? Is it 50-50? Or because I'm making twice as much as you, it's 66-33. It shouldn't be that difficult to get through these questions if you're mature. If not, you probably shouldn't be living with someone. Who's going to be responsible for paying bills? Um, when I got married, she missed one gas payment and I'm like, I'll take it over. I'll I'll, I'll do it. (laughs) Like I automate everything and we ain't missing payments in my lifetime. Uh, -uh. hurts your credit, costs more to buy a car, costs more to buy a house, costs more to, you know, potentially get an apartment. Hey, you missed a bill. It says, I'm not going to have you as a tenant. How much of your income goes to bills, how much of it goes to rent? Is it a dollar amount? Is it a percentage amount? 
how much should like I know couples where he's saving a ton of money in a 401k and she's not after five or six years, they break up. She covered the bills. He covered the bills, but he saved money in his name. She never got to save it in her name. She's behind the, the, the savings curve. How much credit card debt do you think is acceptable? That's a good question. You want to do a joint bank account or two separate accounts or both? If we get a credit card, is it going to be in my name, your name, or our name? And if we break up, is it going to be in my name, your name, or our name? These are all good questions. How about this one for a big old financial bomb? When do you want to have kids? Do you want to have kids? Find me at robblackshow.com.